Hey everyone, just a quick note to let you know that Being a Whole Person is on summer vacation, so I'll be resharing some favorite old episodes in the meantime. The kinds of things I share here are always good reminders, even when repeated. Feel free to use this as permission to take a break or set a boundary with something in your life that isn't totally necessary this summer if you feel like you need to do less. To keep in touch, you can sign up for my every other week creative wellness letters at coachingforcreativewellness.com slash newsletter, which are very much in the same spirit as this show. Have a fantastic summer, and I'll be back in your ears with new episodes in September. Hello and welcome to the Being a Whole Person podcast. I'm Rebecca Haas a pianist, composer, and creative wellness coach, and my job is to help you self-compassionately grow your creative practice from a supportive foundation of wellness. This podcast features honest conversations, resources, inspiration, and tangible tips to help you cultivate more balance and ease in your work and life, follow through on your goals without constant hustle, and also feel like a whole person in the process. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 50 of being a whole person. I can't believe that there have been 50 episodes in season three, which is the time when I pivoted this podcast and started doing it on my own. It feels like it's been so long, but it's also gone so quickly. You know, that whole time paradox thing. So if you've been here that whole time, thank you. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, also thank you. I'm so honored that you choose to spend your limited time and attention listening to this podcast. So today I'm going to answer a listener question about that resistance that comes up right before you finish a project. But first I have two announcements. Number one, to celebrate 50 episodes of the podcast, very soon I'm going to be offering a special bundle, which includes a copy of my ebook, Fuel Your Creative Work with Compassionate Productivity, and then also a 45-minute one-on-one coaching appointment to actually put this stuff into action. And you and I can go through the stuff that's in the book, figure out if your schedule's working for you, figure out where it's not, and actually put some of this stuff into practice so that you can prioritize your stuff better and actually do the things that matter to you. And then you also get a free month of Compassionate Creativity Coworking Club membership so that you have the time to put that into action too, or the dedicated time, I should say. So this is not available quite yet. I'll have full details for you next week, but I just wanted to let you know There's going to be a limited number over a limited time period just to make sure I don't get overloaded. So make sure that you get on my email list if you want to know right away, because that's where I'll be announcing it first. And number two, if you've been enjoying the podcast, you should know that I have a buy me a coffee site, which is just like Patreon, if you're not familiar. And there you can support at There's just one level, $5 a month, and you'll get some weekly self-care check-ins from me every week in email, which will help you check in with yourself. Just have a moment to make sure that you're doing what you need to do to care for yourself. And if you don't want to commit to a monthly thing, I totally get that. There's also an option on there to buy me a coffee, theoretically, or a tea, actually, because I don't drink coffee. But that's a great way to support the podcast if you've been enjoying it. And every little bit helps so much because I do this all on my own and your support helps make it sustainable. You can also support in a totally free way 
by writing a review on iTunes or whatever platform you happen to be on that has reviews. All of that is so, so helpful and helps me grow the show, helps me spread this message that we can take care of ourselves, that we can have more energy for creativity, and then the world gets more of that. Win, win, win. So thanks in advance if you do that. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. So this is an amazing question. And I was going to do a full like multiple Q&A episode, but honestly, this is such a good question that I think it can have its own episode. I'm always taking your questions. If you have something you want me to talk about, let me know. You can always email me at hello at RebeccaHaas.com or find me on Instagram. All that stuff is in the show notes. But this question is from Amy. I've noticed I get to a place with a project where it's almost done almost ready to show to the world or as close as it'll ever be at the last 5% of tweaking it or at the last 5% of the time until the deadline, I begin hating the project. And then that sort of turns into panic about how, even though it's almost finished, it will never live up to my or others expectations for it or how the whole thing was a giant waste of insert time frame here or something similar. I think it's because I perceive grinding and hustling as valuable and ease and peace and letting go as not valuable, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I guess my question is WTF or in gentler terms, what gives? This is such a good question. Thank you, Amy, for sending this in. First of all, I have tons of compassion for you in this. This is definitely a familiar thing for me, and I bet a lot of other people listening have had this happen, the freak out at the end of the project. I think it's really helpful that you have identified this as a familiar cycle, a familiar set of feelings, something that's happening to you. Because if you don't know what's happening, there's no way that you can figure it out and get to the source. So congrats on the first step of that awareness. I know that those hatred and panic feelings are really big and kind of scary, but can you dig underneath them a little bit? and see what feelings might be underneath. It might be helpful to name that you're feeling tender or you're feeling vulnerable or you're feeling scared. You might be gravitating toward the hatred and panic feelings just because they're familiar and that might make them more comfortable even though I know they're not actually comfortable. There's something about your brain liking familiar things. And brains are smart, but brains are also not that smart. Your brain's always trying to keep you safe. And it doesn't necessarily know how to distinguish between the threat of you getting some kind of negative feedback on a creative project or, you know, whatever you're fearing about it, and the tiger that is about to eat you in, you know, prehistoric times or whatever, or maybe now. I hope there are no tigers chasing you in any case, but your brain is trying its best to keep you safe and it doesn't know that you're not physically at risk from putting this project into the world. So sometimes that's just a good realization that, okay, thanks brain, trying to keep me safe, cool, and you can tell it to please kindly step into the back seat, but it is not allowed to drive the car. That's something I got from Elizabeth Gilbert, probably on her Magic Lessons podcast, which is awesome. And I really like that metaphor, and it really definitely helps me. 
I also noticed that you said, because I perceive grinding and hustling is valuable and ease and peace and letting go is not valuable. That's also great information that you've realized about yourself. And man, there are so many messages that are reinforcing that. And, you know, we're working on dismantling those day by day. I did some episodes about compassionate productivity and what that means and how you can reframe some of these beliefs about hustle culture. Uh, Those are early in season three, and I'll put those links in the show notes because I can't remember the number off the top of my head at this moment. So I'll get back to some more tactical advice about that in a second. But I'm also wondering if you feel better after the deadline, like once you finish the project, if your feelings suddenly change, like if you get that sudden relief, or if you don't get a sudden relief, do you feel better about it once you've gotten some space from it? Because I know a lot of that self-hatred that comes at the end of a project can also be wrapped up with procrastination, which then is sometimes this awful, vicious cycle of, okay, I'm not working on this because it's scary. And because I'm not working on it, I'm also a terrible person. And I'm probably a terrible person because this project is no good. And it's it can be a really painful cycle. So identifying if the hatred of the project is kind of a self-protection mechanism that's trying to buffer you from the possible results of whatever you're fearing about the project. Is there maybe also some fear of success in there? Like if you are putting this project out into the world, there's probably some responsibility that comes with that, either by continuing to promote it or if you're a musician, continuing to perform it, basically just standing by your work as it's out in the world. So that can be a form of protection that you might be doing too, even though like success, yay, that's usually something that we're really excited about. It can also have some fearful elements too, and I think it's important to name that. Sometimes wrapped up in that procrastination also is perfectionism, And that can make the last 5% so, so painful because you're fretting about every little detail, whether it's necessary or not. If that's happening, I think it's really helpful to set a time limit. And maybe you already kind of have a time limit because there's a deadline coming, but maybe you set a time limit even within that, that like you maybe want to stay up all night working on it, but you're not going to, you're going to stop at 9 p.m. or whatever it is, or before dinner. And you can kind of set a loving boundary with yourself that you're like, okay, this is it. It's going to be good enough at this time. And I'm going to accept that. And I'm going to live with it. I also think it's really helpful to think about each project in our lives as this iterative process of our own creativity. Like the first time you do something, is going to be probably the worst. And I don't mean that in a put-down kind of way. I just mean that the more you do something, the more you're going to improve at it. So maybe the first time is the worst, but that's okay because you're going to do another one and you're going to do another one and you're going to keep learning from the process and you're going to keep improving your skills, whatever they may be. So I find that kind of a freeing concept to know 
okay, well, if this one doesn't live up to my expectations, I can do it again. I'm going to do my best to make it live up to my expectations. But if it doesn't, it's not the last thing I'm ever going to do. And sometimes when that deadline comes up, it's actually really freeing because you're like, okay, now I have to be finished. And, you know, if it's really torturing you, then that's it. You're just done. So I think it's really helpful to have a set of responses for yourself to talk yourself down in these moments and counteract these feelings when they come up. And I say counteract because they're uncomfortable feelings and you probably want them to go away. But I also want to say that it's okay if these feelings come up, even if they're uncomfortable, and that if you look them right in the face, their metaphorical face, and you say, you're here, I see you, acknowledged, that can really take some of the punch out of it. If you say, hey brain, I see you. You're trying to do that protecting thing again. Thanks a lot. But actually, I'm going to choose to think about this in a different way. I don't want to feel fearful and panicky. I want to feel excited about this project. Or I want to feel calm and peaceful as I finish this project. Whatever it is, name the feeling that you want to have. And that doesn't mean that you're going to name the feeling and ding, there it is. I'm not ascribing all power to mindset. Mindset is great. Mindset is important and we can use these tools, but I just think it's so important to say just because we're striving for a certain feeling doesn't mean we even have to have it or it has to be another thing that we have to succeed at. I don't want it to be something where you're like, well, I wanted to feel peaceful and I didn't and now I feel even worse about myself. But just planting the seed of the feeling that you'd rather have, even if you're not fully convinced that you can feel that way. That's okay. It's still good to remind yourself. It's still good to move in that direction, even if it's very slowly. Like even an inchworm is going to make it across the room eventually if it keeps inching, right? And then going back into some of those thoughts that you're having, like this was a huge waste of a month or whatever amount of time, There are probably a lot of good reasons why it wasn't a waste of time. Things that you learned, possibly relationships that you strengthened if you're working with other people. I bet there are a lot of reasons why it wasn't a waste of time that are really hard to see in that moment. So if you can't see them until a week later, a month later, that's okay. That's totally normal. But if you're in the moment and you're like, I just cannot see out of this panic Set a little reminder for a month from now to check in with yourself about it, and I think you might find some more positivity around it once you're out of that kind of acute hatred and panic state. And then going back to your comment about ease and peace and letting go not being valuable, ask yourself how they are valuable. Ask yourself what that would do for you in your day-to-day life how you would feel differently, how you would move through your mundane activities of the day, how you would move through your work if those things were more valuable. Like what does that do for you in a big picture sense? And maybe what does that allow you to do as far as your creative goals and things that you want to do in the future? So the more that you can strengthen that sense of why, the better. And feel free to enlist 
family and friends if necessary. You can have a buddy that is your like panic buddy that you can send a little text to when you're like, oh, I am in it with this project and I need you to help talk me down. That's totally okay. We can look for support from people. And in those moments of overwhelm, sometimes it feels like we can't, but just a little reminder that maybe that'd be a helpful thing to do too. That friendly support can also come from yourself. It helps to think about how you can be your own friend through the process. And every time I say be your own friend, I always think of Barf, John Candy's character in Spaceballs, who is a mog. He's half man, half dog, so he's his own best friend. And if that's what you're thinking too, we're on the same wavelength, but I digress. Basically, how can you make your own life easier, your daily life? Things like food, maybe you eat out a little bit more or you cook ahead, maybe you plan a few less commitments while your deadline is coming up. Anything that you can do to just be a little kinder and make life a little bit easier when you're, you know you're going through a time like this can be super, super helpful. So I hope that helped Amy, and I hope that helped anyone else who's listening to this and sees themselves in this situation, which I'm guessing is a lot of you because this is a very common scenario to be panicking at the end of a project. And if you want support in the form of a coach who can help you through all the phases of your creative project, all of that mental stuff that comes up, and to help you cultivate kindness as you're going through it, I'd be honored to help you with that. You can always book a free discovery call to talk about whether coaching might be a good fit. I'm totally against pressury sales pitches. I'll only share information about coaching if you are truly interested in it. And you will leave with at least one thing that will help you in your journey. One tangible thing you can do right away. Maybe more. I tend to come up with lots of resources and lots of ideas in these calls. And it's just really fun to meet and talk with people such as yourself. So the link is in the show notes for that if you'd like my help and just know that I'm rooting for you in your creative projects, in your wellness, and in your life. So have a great week and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Being a Whole Person. You can find show notes and transcripts at coachingforcreativewellness.com slash podcast. And if you're seeking a community that's a supportive place to share your work for encouragement and feedback, check out Compassionate Creativity Club. The spirit of a playground meets a garden, meets a magical laboratory where you can dare to experiment and create exactly what you need. It features a Discord server to chat with your peers and a monthly creative show and tell, among other fun stuff. Join in at coachingforcreativewellness.com slash compassionate dash creativity dash club. And the music you're hearing right now was written and performed by me, supported by Tim O'Keefe on percussion. See you next time and be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm.